welcome Hilal sir. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to have you on the show. I have been following you for a while and you have been a constant inspiration for me. Being someone who is pursuing flutter and entrepreneurship. And this podcast is also going to be a combination of both flutter and business. So most of the people would already know you. But for the audience who is watching you for the first time, could you please introduce a bit about yourself, tracing back your journey? Sure. So um, I've been coding around 20 years, uh, mostly web development. Uh, and then I switched to Flutter a few years ago. Um, my main job, I'm a co-founder of Invoice Ninja, which is one of the leading invoicing platforms. Um, and then I've also helped develop the It's All Widgets website. Uh, and I have a podcast, which I sometimes record. Uh, that's about it. Okay, that was awesome to know. So the first question I would like to start with is, what got you to start it with Flutter? Sure. So at Invoice Ninja, we were basically a web app for a long time. Uh, my background is web development. And then we wanted a mobile app, realized customers were asking for one. Uh, and we had a third partner join us, and he built pretty good apps. We ended up with three code bases. Right? We had a web code base, a Java code base, and an Objective-C code base. And this is right when the Flutter beta was announced. And so that was it. We saw the opportunity to, to essentially combine code bases or just have one less code base. Uh, and that was well, how we got started. It was just Flutter Mobile. And then more recently, we started using Flutter Web. Okay. So you mentioned Invoice Ninja. And I have also been looking to the Invoice Ninja website. It seems to be a big tech giant company. So I'm curious to know your story behind co-founding one of the tech giant companies like Invoice Ninja. So it's nice of you to say <laughs> we're not quite a tech giant yet, but uh, but it's great. I, I make I get a paycheck from it, which is awesome. Uh, so the quick story uh, is a few years ago, uh, about eight years ago now, a long time. Uh, I had a friend who every time we'd hang out, he always pitched a different business idea. He's a business guy. I'm a developer. Uh, and yeah, one time he pitched invoicing. I thought it was a terrible idea. I'll admit that now. Uh, but I thought I'd give it a try. Uh, and yeah, we started developing it. Uh, and for a long time, it was just a nights and weekends project, many years, maybe about three years even. Uh, we just didn't have many users, uh, but we saw slow growth. Um, and then little by little, it started growing and having more, more income. And eventually, I can go part-time working on it, and then eventually full-time. And then my partners can go full-time. And that's it. Just little by little, it's been growing. Uh, but it's been great. It's been a great adventure. Uh, very stressful, uh, a lot of hard work, uh, but also really rewarding. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. So could you share some of the lessons that you have learned from building your startup related to developing and marketing it? Uh, sure. So I think I probably learned a lot more about marketing than development just because I knew nothing about marketing. I still know very little, uh, but I've been learning through Invoice Ninja. I think before Invoice Ninja, I worked in enterprise where you often have a very small role. Right? I was the developer. That's all I did. Uh, and everything else was kind of left to everyone, everyone else, the other, the other teams. But with a small startup, you're kind of responsible for a little bit of everything. So the first lesson I would say was having patience. I have no patience. Uh, I struggle with that. And so when we were first building the app, we had built something that was functionally useful, like it made an invoice. And I was arguing with my partner at the time, which was one partner, to say, let's ship this, right? It's useful. I think we should show it to people. And he pushed back. He said, you know, it, it, it works, but it could look much better. And he really fought me to say, let's wait a few months, get a designer and ship a really polished product. And he was 100% right. I think had we shipped it at the beginning, although it was functional, it just didn't look good and it wasn't impressive. And because we waited and then shipped a really nice looking and functional app, we had a much better initial response. 
Um, and the next lesson, lesson related to patience is though we had this great response of thousands of people. We got to the front, I think, the top of Hacker News. Amazing. And we thought, that's it. We've done it. We've got thousands of people on the website. Uh, but very few people signed up. So we ended up with tons of traffic but no users. So it was kind of a problem. Uh, so the patience came in again where I was expecting kind of this immediate exit or immediate success. And it just didn't happen. We had years and years of very little traction. Um, but thanks to my partner who wasn't rushing it, just said, as long as we're growing, as long as we're moving in the right direction, that's good, good enough. And so that's what we did, just little by little. Uh, so again, eight years in, we now have a successful company, but for the first four years, five years, we had very little uh, traction. Uh, and it was just through kind of consistent uh, waiting, adding features, rinse, repeat, eventually building a good app that we start to attract real users. Okay, so app is also built in Flutter too? Good question. So the story there is initially the mobile app was Flutter. That's kind of where Flutter came in. We replaced our native apps with a mobile, with a, our native, we replaced our native mobile apps with a Flutter app. Um, but then a couple of years went by and we started talking about uh, rebuilding our main web app, which had, again, we started about eight years ago and we knew very little when we started building it. So we, we both had no domain knowledge pretty much at all. Uh, and we're using, uh, we're just, really didn't have the best uh, development process, I would say. So after about five, six years, we ended up with a bit of spaghetti code uh, that was very hard to add features to. Uh, but we realized we still needed to develop the app. So we had started building a V2. We rebuilt the whole app using Vue.js. Uh, and it's come along great. And then Flutter Web was announced. So that kind of changed our plans. Where we knew Flutter Web was coming, we just thought it was going to be a couple of years down the road. And it surprised us by being available so soon. And we kind of jumped at it. We said, hey, this is a chance to have just one front-end code base, uh, you know, web and mobile, and eventually desktop. And that's the decision we made. And I think it's worked out pretty well. I mean, there have been some challenges, um, but our customers are mostly happy. Uh, and I would say most of the challenges aren't even Flutter Web. They're just more about you know, our failures as a development team to you know, writing bugs or missing features. Actually, this is also the reason why Flutter is being so famous, too, for single code base. It's great for Definitely. startups. Definitely. Okay, so when starting a startup, we should always focus on all these points too, like having patience, because when you are building something big, you need to have patience, because it will take time. And teamwork is also playing a good role over here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Just teamwork. I think had I done this myself, I wouldn't have been successful. Uh, in large part, it's two points. One is I just don't have the skills. I mean, it's rare that one person can do everything, marketing, business, development. Uh, but also, I don't always have the motivation to, to keep working hard fundamentally right after. You get burnt out after eight years. It's definitely times where you just kind of had enough. Um, and so by having partners who also, if you're feeling tired, they're maybe feeling motivated and kind of keep pushing the ball forward and kind of bring you along. Uh, that's been great. And I will say, so we started off just two of us, but then not too long after added that third partner. So it's now the three of us. And I just feel very lucky to work as part of a great team. I think we really complement each other. Uh, and I like them. They're nice people. <laughs> and it's really important. I think you said so, so much time working. That's so important. We just like the people we work with. I think sometimes we take that for granted. Yeah. But that's just uh, really critical. Yeah, yeah. That's very, that's very essential. <laughs> yeah. And it reminds me of something else. So related to patience, when we were early on, we really wanted to raise funding. Right? That's the talk. Speak to VCs. We took tons of VC meetings. People were very happy to speak to us, but we really struggled raising money. And that was very upsetting at the time. I think looking back, the problem is VCs are looking for you know, 10x returns. They're looking for the unicorn, which we weren't. We're just a regular business. So we're very happy just building, and it's called lifestyle business, right? A business that pays our bills. We don't have a boss. 
you know, kind of have our autonomy. That's wonderful. But VCs really weren't interested in that. At the time, it was a bit depressing and demotivating, thinking, oh, if the VCs aren't into it, then we won't be successful. Looking back, it was the best thing that could have happened to us. Because had we taken VC money, we'd have been under a lot of pressure to exit or do something very quickly, which we weren't able to do. Uh, it's been a very slow process. So by not having VCs, we've had no pressure to do anything really, right? The pressure, only pressure is to pay, pay our bills. As long as we can do that, we can have another month and keep growing. Uh, so it seemed like a failure at the time, but looking back, I think it was actually probably for the best. Yeah, that was really a very good point you covered. And that's how Flutter came in so early, is that we were such a small team, we were able to make these decisions I think a larger company wouldn't have been able to make. So we started Flutter right when the beta came out, and we started using Flutter Web. I think it was still called Hummingbird. I mean, this is really right at the beginning. And again, a larger company wouldn't have been willing, I think, to take that kind of larger bet on an unproven technology. But a smaller company realizes, hey, it's the right choice, right? If it's the right technical choice, that's really what matters. Uh, so I think it's worked out to our advantage. So what would be your one piece of advice you would give to someone watching this video and wanting to pursue, pursue entrepreneurship as a developer? Uh, so my overarching advice is, again, I'm just sharing what worked for me. Everyone's different. But for me personally, it really worked well to do it part-time, to, to not quit my job and say, okay, I'm now doing this full-time and really risk everything. I find this just very hard. It creates a lot of pressure. Uh, and developers have reasonable salaries. So to try to replace a good developer salary with a bootstrap or some own business you're creating can be very challenging. So again, like I said, doing it part-time to start to get traction can be very helpful. Uh, and the other point I mentioned, I think having partners is great. Um, and th the main thing I think is just enjoy it. Do something you enjoy, uh, especially with a, with a startup. I think you spend so much of your time doing it that you have to at least enjoy the product, enjoy what you're working with, enjoy the team. Uh, otherwise, I think it would be very difficult. Okay, so thank you so much for the idea and perspective and tips you shared. I believe this would be very much helpful for all the developers out there. And there is also a very cool website called as it's all widgets.com made by you. So what was the idea and the inspiration behind creating it's all widgets.com? Uh, so just to correct, so I'm one of the people who created it. I created it as part of a team. Uh, and actually, so the name itself I didn't come up with. Uh, initially, it was going to be a podcast. Uh, with Thomas Brookhart, who created the Get It Library. Uh, and he came up with, I thought it was a great name, It's All Widgets for the podcast. Uh, but it turned out someone else was already doing a podcast, so it thought it was a bad idea. So, and then we got, uh, see, uh, first it was Simon Lightfoot and Scott Stoll also involved. And they really helped kind of flesh out the idea and define it. I had very little mobile experience in general. Uh, but the four of us working together were able to deploy this app, which I think has been pretty useful. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, the site, for people who haven't seen it, it's widgets.com, and it just shows a list of all Flutter apps that we know of, and it's kind of a public list anyone can submit their apps to. Uh, and it's been nice seeing people use it. I think as a developer, you just want your stuff to be able to get used. And so it's, it's all widgets. has pretty good traffic. And then there are also some other sites connected to it, a site for events, uh, for live streams, yeah. uh, resources. It's all kind of the same, under the same umbrella. Uh, but it's been fun. And I think that's also why I became a GDE. And so one point I wanted to share, if it's okay, is I think the name GDE is a bit of a misnomer, right? So I don't consider myself an expert. I mean, my, my undergrad is in sociology and economics. I love coding and especially Flutter. I mean, I, I've been doing it a while, but I'm not an expert in Flutter. And in particular on Twitter, there's so many people I follow who aren't GDEs who know so much more than me. Uh, and I think it's important the community appreciate the fact that GDE is really a community title. I mean, I'm a GDE because I helped contribute, because I helped with the website, I think. Um, but I'm not one of the best programmers out there, certainly, and certainly not the most experienced Flutter developer. So I think it's important the community realize when you get advice from someone who's a GDE, 
including myself, particularly myself, uh, take it with a grain of salt. I think you shouldn't assume, well, it's, it's the golden truth. Uh, it might just be someone's individual advice. Um, but being a GD is awesome. And the, many of the GDs are truly experts. Uh, it's just I myself, <laughs> a bit of an imposter. Uh, also, some of the best Flutter experts are, are working for Google. But I was just saying, uh, but some of the best Flutter developers, really the best, are hired by Google, and they can't be GDs. So I think there's there's some sort of self-selection that GDs are generally knowledgeable. I remember I was really nervous. When you become a GD, you have a technical test. And I was studying, making sure I do everything <laughs> as much as possible. And the test is really pretty low-key, you know? What's a widget? That kind of thing. It's not a high level of technical expertise. They want to make sure you know state management have some level of knowledge. Obviously, everyone who's GD is, you know, at least a moderate intermediate developer. But so I just wanted to kind of share that point because I think it's important to mention. Yeah, of course, being an expert doesn't have any borders or limits. Like you should know this much that you are an expert. Absolutely. So I have also used itsallwidgets.com so many times and I really love all the episodes of those podcasts. Oh, thanks. But, uh, those also feature so many experts there. Yeah, so. So if you are a Flutter developer watching this video and you have created any of your app, then make sure to showcase it on its, allitswidgets.com. It's the best platform to showcase your apps. Thanks. Thanks for the plug. So I was also about to ask you about GD only, but you already shared a bit about that. So Sorry. <laughs> we all know that you have contributed so much to the community, but our audience also wants to know your journey of becoming the Flutter GD. Right, so I spoke a little bit about it. Um, yeah, I was surprised, to be very honest, uh, I was surprised that I was asked to be a GDE. And I, again, because I, I, I'm not an expert, so I was surprised, but it was made clear it's because of my community involvement. Uh, but it's been a great opportunity. I love it. Uh, it's great. Uh, I love speaking. I really enjoy public speaking. And to me, the best benefit of being a GDE is they help cover the costs when you travel to speak, which enabled me to go to many conferences I wouldn't have been able to go to uh, because then the conference organizers don't have to pay for the travel expenses. Uh, so that's been great. And also just interacting with the community, getting to meet the people at Google. It's great. So if you're listening and you want to become a GDE, uh, I think the advice they give is, you know, you don't want to become a GDE. You want to help the community uh, and share your knowledge. And if you do that uh, consistently, you will become a GDE. That's probably the best advice. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. So you also have another app named as Moodio App. So what led you to create Moodio app means why and why you chose the name Moodio? Does it have some meaning behind it? Sure, that's a good question. So uh, I, would, I would keep changing the pronunciation. I think we call it Moodio. And the idea is from music video. So M-U music, V-E-D-D-E-O, music video. Uh, I made it initially for the, I don't know if you remember, there was a Flutter competition a few years ago now where you had to make an app in as few lines as code or I think under five kilobytes, I think. Uh, and I'm a part-time musician, and it's just an app that I really wanted for myself. So just kind of experimenting with it. And it's just, you know, one of these projects, I keep kind of hacking away at it. It gets a little bit better each release. Uh, I don't have any grand aspirations with it, but I, I just love it. I enjoy it. What the app does, I should explain, is it lets musicians. Uh, so I used to play in a band. I used to love it, play with people. And now I'm home alone working all the time. So I don't have people to play with as much. So the, the app lets you record one track on, on one instrument, and you can record other tracks on top of it. So it's a multi-track video recorder. But it's just very simple to use. It's right, you hit record, hit record again. That's kind of it. And it's social in the sense that uh, anyone can add tracks to it. So if you record one track, someone else can add to it. And you can check it out. It's Mudeo, M-U-D-E-O dot app. 
uh, yeah, it's been fun, uh, but challenging. Uh, and like most of my, I've always done had side projects, thankfully, which I really enjoy, but they're all failures. They're all like moderate degrees of failures. Invoice Ninja was the only time I had a side project that was successful. And I think in large part is because of my partner, uh, my partner, Sean, who's, who has a business head. Uh, I do not have a business head, uh, but I love music. And it was also really nice to use. I've only made really one Flutter app, Invoice Ninja, and I've worked on it for years. So it's been nice to have a second Flutter app I can work on that's a bit more artistic. I get to learn about animations and kind of other uh, aspects of Flutter I wouldn't learn about otherwise. So I hope that explains it. The name was very creative because I wasn't expecting this answer. <laughs> like music and video. That yeah. was a yeah. very That's... creative one. Thanks. And I also checked out that app too. That's a really great app you're creating. Uh, thank you. So creating an app is a little bit difficult task. So because in every app you have different features and you have to keep up with consistent motivation to keep learning new things and fixing new bugs. And since you have been on a long journey, so how you keep yourself motivated to keep learning on a consistent basis? Um, that's a good question. Um, right, I think the part of it is just necessity. I think I learned two ways. I either learn because I have to learn something. That's very much the, usually my stuff at work is kind of necessity. And whereas my side projects, I think are really important to me to give me a chance to learn things that I just don't need to learn. Uh, so for example, for a long time as a web developer, and I started doing mobile development just to, as for fun, just to get to learn about it. Cause all the, it looked like the mobile developers having a lot more fun than the web developers. So I just wanted to try it. So I think the way I learn is again, there's two ways. I'm either forced to learn it for work or I kind of enjoy learning it and I'm doing it for some side project. Uh, I'd also mention I love I love books as a way of learning. I guess I'm old, and I really want to recommend the Flutter Complete Reference by Albert Miola. Uh, it's just excellent. So uh, anyone else trying to learn Flutter, I really recommend it. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good comprehensive guide. Okay, so thank you so much. That's a great advice. So, as being into startup and companies, what do you think is the future of Flutter? Uh, so I think I'm biased, obviously, uh, but I think it's huge. I think it's I think it's pretty massive. Uh, a couple of points to prove this. Uh, I think Fuchsia is a really important part of the technology future. I think the relationship between Java, between Google and Oracle is very complex with Java and the JVM. And I think Google is betting on their long-term future. And I predict Fuchsia will be a massive part of that. They're already starting to admit that, hey, it's going to be a desktop operating system, which I think everyone assumes. And so if Flutter is kind of a, the primary platform for UI development, you know, it just seems it'll be a massive win. I'll also say I keep looking at the competitors, see what other options there are for cross-platform development. And most of the ones I see, uh, they share, they have some code sharing, but not total code sharing. A great example would be React Native is a great example. With React Native, you can share your business logic, but the UIs are individual. And I think Maui also, you know, where Windows is moving is also the same idea where you get to share your business logic, but the UI you re-implement. And their argument would be, it's the business logic you want to share and the UIs you really want to do, implement custom on, on each platform. In my experience, that's just not, doesn't line up with, with, as a developer, what I want to accomplish. So as a developer, as a front-end developer in particular, I'm always trying to shift the business logic to the back-end. Ideally, I want as little business logic as possible in the front-end application. So being able to share business logic is useful, but not amazing. And really, I spend most of my time building the UIs. So since Flutter, as I see it, is really the only solution right now that gives you cross-platform UI. Well, there are other solutions, I should say. It's, in my opinion, the best current solution for cross-platform UIs. I think that's 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 key, I, and I think it, developers love it, and I think developers are going to move the enterprise forward. 
I think you'll see developers or enterprises realizing, hey, developers like this for a reason because it makes them so productive. So I think it's just a matter of time. And we're seeing it. I think Flutter's already overtaken React Native in popularity. And I think that's just a start. Because uh, again, develop technologies yeah. like this take take years to develop. Yeah. So like Flutter, we've known about Flutter for years. It's only just now getting to this amazing state it's at. I don't know of other technologies on the horizon that are being developed that have an end game as good as Flutter. Um, so yeah, I'm very bullish on Flutter. I just, uh, I also, you know, I, and, and the complaints against it, I disagree with. So one of the big complaints is, well, it uses Dart. I like Dart. <laughs> I think Dart's great. It's one of the favorite programming languages I've used, especially coming from JavaScript, right? To compare JavaScript and Dart, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not yeah, much of a comparison. It's yeah. not much of a comparison. I mean, TypeScript is obviously an improvement, but even TypeScript, you deal with these abstraction layers, which complicate things. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very biased. I will say that readily, but I'm also very bullish. I think Flutter is, is really has a massive future. So, and it's exciting. It's been great watching it grow in popularity. I think it'll only continue. Yeah, in very less time, Flutter has grown so much compared to other technologies out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So as now Flutter Web is in a stable, so what are your thoughts and future plans for it? Okay, so there's definitely issues we're still facing with Flutter Web. So although it's stable, I think it's incomplete. Um, so we are just trying to stay on the cutting edge to make sure as they fix features, we're getting those, those fixes in, in, in the app. Uh, one example I would say is a spell check. It, you know, it, you talk to developers, they complain about scrolling, about scrolling not being fluid enough. And users, they may feel it or sense it, but they aren't complaining about it. We haven't had a single message about that, but we do hear things about spell check, which doesn't work. These are kind of uh, functional aspects that are very easily noticeable. So hopefully over time, it's clear the Flutter team are very committed to Flutter Web. And over time, it keeps improving, and I'm sure you know, another six months, a year, it'll be uh, huge steps forward. So now we are coming to the last part of our talk. So what advice would you give to someone who is just starting with Flutter? Okay. Um, so one thing I'll, I'll say at the outset is my knowledge of Flutter, I feel, is kind of this time warp where I started with Flutter. It was just Redux and scope model. So I picked Redux, and I've just been doing Redux since the beginning. So I feel a lot of my Flutter knowledge has a big gaps in it. Uh, so I would say if you're just getting started, take the opportunity to see all the amazing options there are for state management. Take your time to, to try build small apps with each of them to get a sense for how they compare to one another. Uh, I'd also say it's really important to really appreciate or understand the Flutter lifecycle, the widget lifecycle. It's just so key. And if you don't get that, things like, um, you know, yeah, in its state versus on the change, change dependencies and the differences in when you would want to override which function, that's just kind of core. And if you get that wrong, the app might still work, but it'll be very hard to scale the app out. Um, what else I would suggest with Flutter? I think my problem with Flutter has always been when you run into errors, the error kind of ex tells you how to fix it. The error is almost, the error is almost too good. Where they tell you, hey, add this to fix it. But sometimes you don't take, take the time to really understand the problem. And this, in my mind, comes to... What comes to mind is things like expanded with rows and columns and unbounded constraints. And I think it's good to take the time to really understand it at a conceptual level rather than just saying, oh, just add ex expanded or flexible everywhere to try to take the time to, yeah, understand under underlying level how it's working and why it's failing. So some. Okay, so for all the people watching, make sure to follow Hilal Koran on Twitter. And I will also make sure to put his GitHub link so you can check out the projects too. And thank you so much, sir, for coming and enriching this podcast with your valuable experience and knowledge. It means a lot to us. Thanks for having me on again. Really enjoyed it. It's a pleasure. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much, everyone, for sticking with us till the end. I tried to cover every important topic that could be valuable 
and serve as an asset for you. So if you find this video helpful then make sure to share it with all your tagged friends. And also another amazing episode is coming on the next Monday so stay tuned. So now I will see you in the next episode. Till then keep learning, keep growing. Thank you.